Coming up on 5-Minute News. Katanji Brown-Jackson pledges to decide cases from a neutral posture. Ukraine rejects Russian ultimatums as fighting intensifies. And Chinese passenger plane crashes with 132 on board. It's Tuesday, March 22. I'm Anthony Davis. President Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown Jackson pledged on Monday to decide cases without fear or favor if the Senate confirms her historic nomination as the first black woman on the High Court. 51-year-old Jackson thanked God and professed love for our country and the Constitution in a 12-minute statement to the Senate Judiciary Committee at the end of her first day of confirmation hearings after nearly four hours of remarks consumed by the panel's 22 members. Republicans promised pointed questions over the coming two days, with a special focus on her record on criminal matters. With her family sitting behind her, her husband in socks bearing George Washington's likeness, Jackson stressed that she had been independent, deciding cases from a neutral posture in her nine years as a judge, and that she is ever mindful of the importance of that role. Barring a significant misstep, Democrats who control the Senate by the slimmest of margins intend to wrap up her confirmation before Easter. Jackson's sternest Republican critics, as well as her Democratic defenders, all acknowledged the historic barrier-breaking nature of her presence. There were frequent reminders that no black woman had been nominated to the court before, and repeated references to another unique aspect of her nomination. Jackson is the first former public defender nominated to be a justice. While few Republicans are likely to vote for her, most GOP senators did not aggressively criticize Jackson, whose confirmation would not change the court's 6-3 conservative majority. Several Republicans used their time to denounce Senate Democrats instead of Jackson's record. President Vladimir Zelensky's government said it would not accept ultimatums from Russia after Moscow demanded it stop defending besieged Mariupol, where hundreds of thousands of civilians are suffering through Russian bombardments laying waste to their city. Mariupol has become a focal point of Russia's assault on Ukraine, but attacks were also reported to have intensified on the country's second city, Kharkiv, on Monday. The conflict has driven almost a quarter of Ukraine's 44 million people from their homes, and Germany predicted the refugee number could reach as high as 10 million in coming weeks. Europe said Russia was using refugees as a tool, and that it was prepared to take more action on top of existing sanctions to isolate Russia from global finances and trade. Russia's military had ordered residents of Mariupol to surrender by 5 a.m. local time yesterday, but Ukraine responded that it would never bow to ultimatums and said cities such as the capital Kiev, Mariupol and Kharkiv would always defy occupation. Russia's invasion, now in its fourth week, has largely stalled, failing to capture any major city, but causing massive destruction to residential areas. A part of Mariupol, now held by Russian forces, was witnessed as an eerie wasteland. Several bodies lay by the road wrapped in blankets, windows were blasted out and walls were charred black. 
people who came out of basements sat on benches amid the debris, bundled up in coats. A group of men dug graves by the roadside. The eastern city of Kharkiv, Sumy and Chernihiv have also been hit hard by Russia's tactic of pounding urban areas with artillery, as its troops have done before in Syria and Chechnya. China Eastern Boeing 737-800, with 132 people on board, has crashed in a remote mountainous area of southern China, officials said on Monday, setting off a forest fire visible from space in the country's worst air disaster in nearly a decade. More than 12 hours after communication was lost with the plane, there was still no word of survivors. The Civil Aviation Administration of China said in a statement that the crash occurred near the city of Wuzhou in the Guangxi region. The flight was travelling from Kunming in the southwestern province of Yunnan to the industrial centre of Guangzhou along the east coast, it added. China Eastern Flight 5735 had been travelling at 455 knots at around 30,000 feet when it entered a steep dive around 2.20pm local time, according to data from flight tracking website FlightRadar24. The plane stopped transmitting data 96 seconds later. Local villagers were first to arrive at the forested area where the plane went down and sparked a blaze big enough to be seen on NASA's satellite images. The plane was carrying 123 passengers and nine crew. State media reported that all Boeing 737-800s in China Eastern's fleet were ordered grounded. China has more 737-800s than any other country, nearly 1,200 planes. Headquartered in Shanghai, China Eastern is one of the country's top three airlines, operating scores of domestic and international routes serving 248 destinations. The aircraft was delivered from Boeing in June 2015 and had been flying for more than six years. The twin-engine, single-aisle Boeing 737 in various versions has been flying for more than 50 years. The 737 MAX, the newest version, was grounded worldwide for nearly two years after two crashes in 2018 and 2019 killed 346 people. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects.